Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. Um, we're, this is part four. So this is part four of the series. Again, this is, there was a lot of benefits. We've been talking about the benefits of God, the benefits of being in the family of God. Um, but again, it's been the spirit of adoption, this reality that, again, I want to encourage us, let's not shrink back. I know we're in part four and we're like, okay, yeah, we got the spirit of adoption. Uh-huh, yes. No, like, don't shrink back. Press in. I want to ask you really to say, God, would you speak to my heart? Remind my spirit. Remind me of who I am. Remind me of my place, my position. Because right? our value isn't found in one another. It's not. It can't be found in one another. And it cannot, our identity, our value, it cannot be. Because again, if we look at one another and the relationships we have, our value and our identity could start doing this. We start evaluating by one another how we feel and everything. We will ebb and flow, our likes and you know, all that. Um, we, with social media, it diminishes and it enhances our, our value. And, but the reality is we can't find our value and our identity there. We can't. We need to find this in this one foundational truth that you and I are adopted. We are sons. We are God's chosen ones, desired, wanted. And all that he has is a measurable love, his glorious inheritance, and every spiritual blessing is ours by grace. It's ours. Ephesians 2.18, we, through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. You and I have access to our Father in heaven. He doesn't change. He does not change. That's hard for us to believe. Because, you know, I look at my dad, and my dad, when I was 12... It's a little different than my dad now. Just a smidge. You know, there's thin, you know, there's graying in the hair, more relaxed in the rules. <laughs> there's a huge difference in my dad. He has changed. And I know I will, my kids, my you know, probably will be like, Dad, why weren't you why are you so hard on us? And then, you know, then Josie and Evie, hey, <laughs> I got everything. Like, that's just how the rules, it's like, man, that's not fair. Like, so as a father who's trying my best, I am biased, and I do that thing, and I have those tendencies, but God is not biased, he doesn't change, he sees each of us, and he speaks to each of us uniquely, he says, hey, what works for Demo is not going to work for Jane, I'm going to talk to Jane uniquely, to her, the way she'll hear me, and that's what's wonderful, he'll speak, again, he uses his word, he uses his spirit, but the way he talks to us, the way he engages with us, is unique. And he doesn't, again, he's not disengaged. He doesn't hold back. He is fully in, he is fully in love with you as a father. The Holy Spirit is right now testifying to our position, the authority, the legal position that you and I have, the amazing family benefits you and I have, because we're truly in the family of God. It says in Romans 8.16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. You and I, we are God's children. And it is the Spirit of God that testify, right? We can't understand this with our own ability. This is what's crazy right now. This is why I'm like, don't shrink back. You can't understand this with your own ability. As much as you're going to be like, let me write this out. Let me, let me get a whiteboard and write this whole thing out. He's like, no, you're never going to understand it with all your ability. You're never going to get it. But it's the Spirit who's going to help you get it. 
The Spirit is going to testify to your spirit that you and I have access to God. The mind of Christ, the immeasurable riches and glorious riches of His depth and all His glory, everything, the 1 Corinthians 2, 9. However it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived. We can't even imagine it. We've never seen it. We've never heard it. We can't understand these things. But the things that God's prepared for those who love Him. He's got things. And this is things that God revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except our own spirit, right? You know the deep things. You know all the feelings, the emotions, all the deep levels. And maybe you can't express it vocally, but you know it deep down inside. And the reality is the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And He lives in you and He is testifying to everything He is. So we have the Holy Spirit. We have access to God. We have the access to the mind of Christ. We have access to His depths, His understanding, His thoughts. Everything is ours. So I'm just going to recap real quick. The Spirit is reminding us, these are the benefits we've been going over here. We have love. Right? We have the love of the Father that's been poured into us by the Holy Spirit. The love that doesn't flinch at our failures. That doesn't waver. It doesn't diminish. We have love. We have, we have a family. We've been adopted into the family of God. You and I, we have the reason why we're here at the table. We are here together is because we've been adopted in. We currently sit with Him collectively at the table with Him in heavenly places. You and I, each one of us, past, present, and future. Paul is going to be sitting next to us. That's going to be crazy to think about. Our brother Paul, that we've never met, but we've been loving his letters we've been writing to all of us. He doesn't realize the influence of the big brother that he's been to us. That's crazy. And we have a seal. Each of us have the Holy Spirit, who is the seal, the deposit, and guarantee of all things promised. We're all his. He says, we're God's possession, and we have Holy Spirit forever. Um, we also, last week we talked about we have access. It says Romans 5, 1 through 2. Um, Therefore, we've been, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope, the glory of God. He's not keeping us at his distance. He's, he's keeping us. He's not keeping us at arm's length, right? He doesn't keep us far away. You know, it's like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I don't want to... Not right now. I'm busy. I've got this thing going. I'm you know, cooking in the kitchen. You know those moments where like, I hate saying it, but I have to keep you back a little bit. But he doesn't keep us back. He doesn't keep us far away. But he does say, you know, he does play these games where he's like, I want you to find me, though. It's not mean. He says, seek, and you will find me. Knock, and the door will be answered. He's promising. He's like, I'm accessible. He's like, knock for a few hours. Knock for a few days. He's like, no, knock. And I'll come. I'll open that door. I want to talk with you. He wants encounter. He wants relationship. So if we have access to the Father. When we lift our eyes, engage with the Father, He is there, ready. We have heaven's resources. Everything, every blessing, every blessing from heaven, it says in Ephesians 1.3, is ours. He has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual, spiritual blessing in Christ. This is all ours. All wisdom, all understanding, all revelation, ours. His strength is ours. His power is ours. It's mine and yours. It's, it's ours. All power, provision, and protection is ours. And these resources aren't weak and, and few. I think that's what we kind of think of. Because you know, Some of us have a poverty mindset of God. I have a poverty mindset sometimes when I think about the way God loves me. Like I used to struggle in some things. Like, the reality is He's rich. 
His, when he says glorious riches, he doesn't exaggerate. He doesn't exaggerate, right? He's, he's, whenever he sounds like he's kind of boasting in who he is, he's just like, no, I'm just stating facts. You know, that's, that's crazy to think about. Because like for us, we're used to people boasting. I think that's what we're used to. The people that are grand make themselves greater. But the reality is they're just people. When we meet them, you know, there's, 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 say, there's sayings about people that we all have stuff. We all, we all go to the bathroom. All poop. We all do stuff. We all are even. When we all come down to it, we are all the same. But God is great. And his heavenly resources aren't diminished or small or few. He says, Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being. That doesn't mean survival. Like, oh, I might touch the little bit of bare minimum needs. Like, no, I'm going to give you out of the great wealth, out of the greatness of who I am, I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to strengthen you. He has, all that he has is rich vast and endless, and he gives generously. All right. And the last thing we talked about was we have an inheritance. We are co-heirs with Christ. You and I are co-heirs. If we participate, if we participate in his suffering, in his sufferings, as it says in Romans 8, everything that is by right, Jesus's, because, you know, right, everything has been given to him is ours by grace. We didn't deserve it, right? Do we deserve that? Do we deserve what Jesus... Like, we look at our brother, like, man, our beautiful Jesus, and he's like, he's, yes, he deserves everything, everything we're praying, singing, all of our breath, and yet we still, it pales in comparison to all he's worthy of. Yet, somehow, we get access to that. We get access, not because it's for our glory, it's for his glory, but we, have, we share in his inheritance. And I love, Joyce shared this with me last week, I love this. I love this, because when you think about it, like, okay, you think, think about a family that gets bigger and bigger. What do you think about the inheritance? It gets smaller and smaller. <laughs> it gets smaller and smaller. But Jesus, his, his inheritance doesn't diminish the more people come in. Actually, I feel like his inheritance gets greater. I mean, I don't know. Again, I think as he talks about his inheritance, it's you. He's like, I get more. I get more out of you. I get more little beautiful children that come close to me. I want them all. I want everyone. I don't want anyone to perish. I want all to come and have eternal life with me. My inheritance, our inheritance increases. Man. We are not only co-heirs, but we also will reign with God through whom we have been given authority and dominion. It says, who is man that you are mindful of them and care for them? I think I went a little further ahead. Oh, wait, uh, I didn't read this part yet. Because yeah, we are sons. We are heirs with Christ. It says in verse 7, you're no longer a slave. You are God's child. And since you are his child, God also made you an heir. And then again, Psalm 8, four, verse 4 through 6. Who is, what is mankind? You're mindful of us. Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. And you made them rulers, of verse 6, it says, you made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. Who are we? Yet you love us. This is the beautiful thing. He established us as not only co-heirs, but co-rulers with him. Now, uh, benefit number seven. You and I, we have his name. You and I, we have his name. The name of who? What name do we have? 
What name do we have that we have access to? Jesus. We have access to the name above every other name. You know when there's people like that, you know, like back then it was the Kennedys, you know, like, ooh, you're Kennedy, like that, you know, like that. It was the big name, the Kennedys, ooh. And then you probably have different, like, I'm, I'm just the different errors. And back in the Kings, like, the names meant something. Names meant something. It meant influence. It meant where you came from. We have a name that's above every other name. We have the privilege of using the name of Jesus in our prayer. To pray salvation in the name of Jesus. In blessing, we pray blessing in the name of Jesus. We have healing in the name of Jesus. We have deliverance in Jesus' name. We can pray all these things because we have the name of Jesus. Jesus is our family name. In the name that the Father has exalted above every other name. It says in Philippians 2, 9-11. through 11, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. I'm just going to put that. We're going to look forward to this day. Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every prayer, every knee, no exceptions. We can't get away from it. His name is above every other name. Every baptism, we pray in the name of Jesus, baptize in the name of Jesus, redemption, remember that? It's just so sweet. Every healing is done by and in the name of Jesus. Because His name is power, His name is authority, His name heals, it restores, it brings life. You know, we may not have all the gifts. Some of us have gifts. Some of us know what they are. The gifts of the Spirit. The gifts that we've been given. We may all have understanding. We may not be strong in all the gifts. We may not have access to all the gifts yet. But the reality is you and I have the name above all names. We have His name. We can lift our eyes. We can say, Jesus, and He's there. We can ask anything in His name, and He will do it. It says in John 14, 14. That is a big boast right there. Ask me. You may ask me anything in my name and I will do it. He is boasting. And here's what's wonderful. And I'm going to dive into this because the reality is he isn't doing it for our name. We are not asking in our name for our own glory. We ask it for his name, for his glory. When we do that, it's like, again, because that's the heart posture, right? That's the desire. He's like, if we're asking for our own, like, okay, God, can I have a Ferrari for my name? In your name, Jesus, but for me? He's like, then it becomes about, well, I want to give you, I want to give me glory. The reality is, it's like, I'm not stingy. He's like, but I want to do things to honor my name. And if you come in humility, come in my name, in my name, for my name, then I will do it. Because the reality is Isaiah 40, 11. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do this. How can I let myself be defamed? I will not yield my glory to another. That's the reality. This is the name that is above every name. He is speaking and he says things and he says, it's not for you. It's for me. Why? Because he is love. He loves us. That's why he does the things for us. That's why he loves us in such great ways. This is why he shows such great love. Look at the love the Father has lavishly given us because it's for his name. He knows he's worthy of all praise. He says, I don't want anybody else to get the glory. I want to get the glory for this because I, this is why I'll show you great mercy. This is why I'll do great things. 
And again, in Ezekiel 20, 44, you will know that I am the Lord when I deal with you for my name's sake and not according to your evil ways and your corrupt practices. You people of Israel, declares the sovereign Lord, I'm going to deal with you for my own name's sake. Why? Because he's like, I want you, I want to show you great mercy because I want them to know me as God of mercy, the merciful God, the everlasting God, the Prince of Peace. I want them to know him for who I am. So when we have access to the name, the name that's above every other name, you and I have the name that's going to do it because his name is on the line. He's like, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. And I love you. I love you. But I'm doing it because it's my name. My name is above every other name. So everything, every situation. So when we speak the name of, over, of Jesus over our situation and circumstances, he moves, and maybe not in the timing we expect or the way we expect, but he does respond, not for our sake, but for his sake, for the sake of his name. He's going to get the glory. That's why every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Praise God. For his sake, he's not going to give us what we deserve for his name's sake, not for ours. He's like, ooh, not for your name's sake, your name's sake. And again, I'm, I'm thinking about that. I know there's like the, there's names. I'm trying to remember the, the, there's those two rivals. There's some names that have been run through the dirt. That's like, ooh, when you have that kind of name, um, like there's associations. Like, I won't do it for your name because your name isn't going to do it for me. My name, I will do it for my sake, for the glory of my name. And you and I have been given this name. He says, if you pray in my name, I will do it. That's his promise. So if he says it, his word is true. His promises do not fail. We can believe that. It means if he said it, we can believe it. We can ask anything in his name and he will do it. This is a, he's laying down the gauntlet. He's like, go ahead, test me. I'm faithful. <laughs> he's like, come, try it, see what happens. So we have his name. We also, we have his discipline. And this one, I tell you what, I don't think we would all go to this one first. <laughs> they wouldn't say, I, wouldn't, I don't know if we would put discipline in the, uh, wow, that's a benefit. Thank you, God. But the reality is, I praise God that this is something he gives us. Why? Why is discipline good? Why does he discipline us? Ooh, because he loves us. He loves us. This is the reality. Revelation 3.19. Those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. So be earnest. Repent. Again, like I loved looking at this a little differently than I usually look at initially. I'm like, okay, here. You know, so earnestly turn, like, turn around, rebuke, you know, repent. He's like, no, but here's the reality. Here I am. That next verse, here I am. I am standing at the door and I'm knocking. This isn't for the... Just for the unbeliever, this is for the believer that's hard in their hearts. This is for those who are resistant to discipline. Like He's like, no, that's why I rebuked you. That's why I discipline you. Turn, turn your heart back to me and open it back up. Because it's closed. The door's been closed. So I'm knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I want relationship. Do you, how many times as kids we've like, oh, I don't know, God, my parents are so mad at me. My parents, there's no way. They're like, no, when they invite you back in and they say, 
they just kind of push to leave. There's beautiful, merciful moments. Like, like there's no pause. Again, I know some of us are like, man, I wish I had more of those. I wish I had more. He's like, no, but come back in. Come back in. I'm open. Keep your heart open to me. Don't close your door to me. Don't be hardened to me. I know it hurts to be corrected. I know it hurts to be rebuked. But I love you. I do it in love. So sit with me. He loves us like a good father. He disciplines. He corrects us. He invites us back to the table of God to sit and eat. Hebrews 12, 5-9. And have you completely forgotten this word? And I love this. Have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? Have you forgotten it? Oh, it says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. I love it. He's like, don't make light of it because we're not making light of it. It's heavy. It's heavy. He's like, but don't lose heart also. Don't lose heart when he does rebuke you. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Don't get stuck. Don't harden your heart. When he disciplines you, he loves you. He doesn't want you to stay here. He likes you. He's correcting you. All right, it's so easy. It's easy to get offended and spiral out when we receive discipline. It's easy. Who gets frustrated when they hear not a great word from the Lord? I, I remember a few hard words from the Lord. I was corrected from the Lord. It was really, I mean, but in the way he came across, it was kind. I'm like, that was the weirdest, nice rebuke I've ever received. You know, like, that's how he does. Again, I, I forget who I was talking with. I was, oh, we're just, we're sharing like how God corrects us and like rebukes us. And he's like, you know what? Praise God the way he corrects me because he brings up only one item. <laughs> he only brings up one item. He's like, if he brought up more than one, it would crush me. It would crush me. It would be, just discourage me. I wouldn't be able to recover. He's like, no, but he brings it one. So that's when you know it's the Lord speaking to your heart. He's like, when he brings the one item, he's like, here. Because the reality is there's so many flaws. We have lots of flaws. But he's not bringing them all up at once. The reality is refining us one by one. He's bringing us into that place. The reality is when we look at God, this is the hard part. It's easy to get offended. It's easy to be discouraged. And it's easy to just close up and say, whatever, God, I don't know what's going on. I guess you just don't like me. He's like, no, open up your heart. Let me sit with you. Let's eat together and let's talk. Let's be together. When I'm looking at what he's, trying, he's truly doing with us when he disciplines us, this should cause us to rejoice and give thanks. He's, he's doing this so we'll grow in wisdom. We don't have wisdom, so he gives it to us. He's like, come to me, I'll give you wisdom. He does it because he loves us. He does this because he knows what's best for us. Yeah, Mary. Because when we stray away from him, we're giving up part of our inheritance. Every, every step we take away from him, we lose more and more of that inheritance. <clears throat> And he wants us to have our full inheritance. And that's why he corrects us. He wants to give us everything. <laughs> he wants the fullness for us. He's like, I don't want you. And that's what's, that's what's inviting. He's like, okay, that's what, if we look at it that way, like, okay, Lord, gladly, I'll take rebuke now. Help me to get the fullness. I want the fullness of what you have in store for me. Rebuke me now. To, push Spank my butt, you know, like, like just get me back in line, like, or and sometimes it's not that. It's it's just this. It's just get back, come over here, 
guiding us back. He's not always cruel. I think we always just think of him as just, he's just backhanding us. Like, no, he's not backhanding us. He's guiding us. He's correcting us. He loves us. And sometimes he does say a hard word. Israel has been a testimony to that. They've heard some hard words. But man, they were living pretty harshly. They were living way in rebellion. Yet great is his mercy. Great is his long-sufferingness. But he's like, I'm saying it. I'm giving you a long time to correct it. He's so kind. But he wants us. He wants us to fear and honor his word. He went, revere God's word. That's the whole point. Like, when... Because we need his word to mean something, right? Because, like, again, like if, if we just like, oh, God, you know, or like as a parent, like if my word means nothing and some of my words mean something, it's like, tunnel, you know, we know those times where like, why won't you listen to what I'm saying? Did you hear what I said? I need to say it again. Like, they, I, I want them to get the words I'm saying. And the hard part is they don't value each word. They don't honor and revere each word that I say. Surprise, kids don't do that. <laughs> they don't do that. They don't honor. But then you have to correct them. You have to discipline them. You have to in order to get them to honor everything you mean. Everything you say, you mean. You have to mean it. He means everything he says. God doesn't waste a word. So when he's saying, this is beneficial for you, this is good for you, it means it's true. And he wants the best for us. Oh, I think I was, oh, let's see here. Oh, I did have more verses. Because the Lord, there we go. The Lord disciplines the one he loves. He chastens everyone he accepts as a son. So when this is a bit, that, that right there, that little part right there, that's the wonderful part. Like when you're feeling like, man, I got chastened. He's like, it's because you're my son. Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> like, oh, that hurts. But also, it's kind of nice to know that you care for me because I'm your son. Yeah, I am your son. You love me. So that's an evidence. It's an evidence factor. It's not a, well, maybe he'll discipline you. He's like, no, I will. I'll rebuke you. I will, I will discipline you. And I will love you. This next verse, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father. What children are? Now, what's that? Lost. The lost. We're seeing a fatherless generation like we've never seen before because fathers are stepping back and yielding to culture. They're not stepping in as fathers who care for their children. This is why we're experiencing it in greater measure because they think, oh, I don't know. Like, no, or, or better yet, let me not be here. They'd rather do that. They'd rather abandon their children and walk away than rather step in and kindly, again, not abuse their kids, because they've got those too, to love their kids, to correct them, to speak life into them. Again, it's not all about correction and rebuke. It's about speaking life. That comes along with discipline. This is not who you are. This is who you've been called to be. You're my son. Don't forget it. I love you. That's also good discipline. If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, by the way, then you're not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who have disciplined us, and we respected them for it. We may not have been appreciative of it, but we did respect them. How much more should we submit to the Father of Spirits and live? 
He loves us. He has the best interest, like you said. He's got an inheritance. He wants something. He wants the fullness for us. And in Proverbs 9.10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. He's trying to get us to understand. And it's not scared of, but it's that trembling. It's that understanding. It's that reverence and awe for someone who you hold high. And who, again, we've seen some father figures. I've seen some father figures in my life that I had a lot of respect for and a lot of honor for. And some of them have fallen. Some of them have stepped down and I'm like, wow, I, I don't have any respect for you at all anymore. It's because they've changed. It's because they haven't walked in the fullness of the Lord for whatever reason. Again, like this is a reality. We have father figures who let us down. But the reality is a father in heaven who's perfect, who doesn't change, who doesn't shift, who means what he says, who is faithful and true, to say that, yes, Lord, I can honor your word and I will never diminish my value of your word because your word is true and yes and amen. And if I trust and have fear of it and say, Lord, I'm going to tremble at your word, say, yes, I'm going to endure hardship, but you're faithful and you love me, gladly I'll receive it. That is the, that's what we need. We need the Father. We don't need other, we need to be raised up as fathers to look like the Father, but the reality is only one true and perfect Father. We need to look more like the Father. Man. So I just want to encourage you in this. Like, so next time, this is an encouragement word for me because I'm leading this too. Next time you experience testing and hardship, as tempting as it is, don't shrink away. Don't shrink away. Don't shrink away from hardship because it's there. The easy thing is to walk away to be scared, to run away, or just to back off like, Lord, I don't know, I, don't, I can't deal with this. I can't, this is too hard. He's like, no, hardship produces so much in us and it causes us to grow. James 1, 2, verse th uh, 1, 2 through 4, it says, consider it pure joy. Not just deal with it. No, it's like, no, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. He's like, I want the fullness for you. So yes, you're going to have trials. Yes, you're going to have hardships of many kinds. But don't step back. He's not causing, I just want to remind you, he is not causing hardships. He is allowing them. He's not mean and cruel. But he does allow things in our lives so that he, and if we grow in perseverance, hanging on, he's like that. Because really, we have, like, I have faith. Well, like, well, let me see if it's real. Just for a minute. Let me just test that. Let, let me just refine it a little bit. Like, it's like, like saying, I have metal. Well, a great way to test metal or to test the quality of metal is to put it in refiner's fire. And it hurts. It's not a, it's not a painless thing. Let me tell you. I've seen David working on my brother. He works as a blacksmith. He's beaten on that metal. It's put in the fire. It's being melted. And there's a way. And he does it just right. Because if you put it for too long, the metal falls apart. And it destroys the metal. So he pulls it at the right time. He beats on it. He refines it. He shapes it. And that's what he's doing for us. He's like, I'm not a cruel God to destroy you. Because that's not my goal. I'm going to make you a little pliable. 
<laughs> I'm going to put you in some refining. I mean, it's going to hurt a little bit. But my desire is that you would be shaped into what I want you to look like. More like me. More for your benefit. This is not for just my benefit. This is for your benefit. So hang on. Hang on with this hardship. He is going to, if we grow in perseverance, if we hang on and say, Lord, I'm going to submit to you. I'm going to stay in this. I'm going to allow this perseverance, this hanging on to complete something in me, to grow in maturity. If we hang on, we're going to see an escalation of growth. So don't shrink back. Stay steady in your faith. Hang on. Let God do his perfect will in you. Philippians 1, 6, being confident that he who began a good work in you, he's going to complete, he's going to carry it on to the completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He's going to finish what he started. So hang on. Hang on. If, and this is important, this is the last passage I'm going to share here. This is 1 Peter. Read through this whole thing, 5 through 10. It's a powerful passage, but he's talking the same way. I'm going to start from the middle part. All of you. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God poses the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. He's going to put you. He's going to humble you. You need to stay humble. It's important. Humility is important. It's fundamental in the kingdom of God. He's like, stay humble. Stay down. You're going to be put down there for a little bit, but you'll be raised in due time. It's not forever. In verse 10, he says, And the God of grace, all grace, not some, all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, he will make, he will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. He's doing something in you and he disciplines you. Again, he's not saying, You're an idiot. He's like, No. I want better for you. Because that's easy just as a parent to say, oh, you know, it's just, we want to say the things. He's like, no, but I see, I see your future. I see your purpose. This is not the end. And I will do what I have to do to get you to where I need you to be. I will work with you. But you need to stay humble. You need to hang on and stay steadfast. And I will finish the work. He is calling us to be humble, teachable, pressing in, not shrinking back. At the right time, he will establish you. He will strengthen you. He will root you in his love, his deep, unmovable, unshakable. Again, he's, he is found, he's creating in you a heart that is not moved, that is not shaken when the hard things come. If it will remain steadfast. So let me pray from here. God, would you help us in this? Lord, I'm teaching this, but I'm hanging on to this. When the trials and the hardships come, Father, would you help us? Strengthen us, God. Lord, you say, to be humble, pliable, teachable, 
submitting to us. God, like, Lord, to submit to you, God, it's so hard when all we want to do is stand up in pride and stand up in hurt and, and exclaim our own pain and frustration and the things that are changing, the laws that are passing. And Father, we just want to stand up louder, scream louder in defiance. And, and then, you know, we see, man, we just see so much going on in the world right now. And all we want to do is speak and shout and you say, be humble. Hold on. Stay steadfast. Let my work be made complete in you. I want to work in you. Let perseverance complete that work. God, we just ask that you would just help us to stay steady. Thank you, Lord, that you discipline us. Thank you, Lord, that you just don't leave us like orphan children, lost you call us back into your family. You establish in our family that we are your sons. We have an inheritance and that you have something in store for us. If only we would stay steady. If only we would listen and heed your word. So Father, we ask you that you would work in us hearts. Work in us and help us to be teachable. To not give up and get discouraged or become hardened in our hearts. God, help our hearts remain tender open, receptive to you. Lord, if we remain open to you, not offended by what we see and the things that are happening here, but Father, in that place, that secret place, that dining room table where we sit with you and you share your thoughts and you feed us and you restore us and you speak into our circumstances, God, help us stay there, stay open, stay receptive. And Father, we thank you that you've given us the name, the name of Jesus that is above every other name. Every name. Your name is greater. When we speak the name of Jesus, it changes and shifts everything. It causes uncomfortability. It causes tension. And it releases things. So Father, we speak the name of Jesus not out of arrogance and anger and meanness, but Father, out of humility and boldness that we know the name of Jesus will shift, will change, will do everything. Your name, Jesus. If we ask you anything in your name, you said you will do it. So Father, as we've been singing this morning and declaring and saying, Lord, those things that we feel like we've kind of given up on and Lord, we don't have any answers for and we've kind of stopped asking Father, we ask you, bring us back to the place of who we are, whose we are, and speak in the name of Jesus over our circumstances, over our finances, over our family situations, over um, salvations and desires to see breakthrough, God, over healings. God, let us not shrink back, but Lord, when we speak the name of Jesus, we will trust that you are faithful to complete it, that you are faithful to do it, because you said you would. And we trust you, God. We trust your name. So in Jesus' name, I ask that you would bless us this week. In Jesus' name, would you move our hearts? Would you stir the hearts of many to turn back to you? To turn to you and look at you and say, Abba, Father, to know whose we are and to know who you are. God, we ask for authentic, wholehearted, Devotion, love, intimacy. 
understanding in Jesus' name. Amen.